0: Welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. We dedicate podcast number
1: 150. Come on, cheers, heard all throughout <laughs> the podcast world. To Jesus Christ, our conquering king, our uh, our risen hero. We just, of course, celebrated our Resurrection Sunday. And none of, we wouldn't be sitting here talking if it wasn't for the fact that Jesus Christ is alive. We'd have nothing to talk about. So thank you, Jesus. We love you. We honor you. And we dedicate podcast 150. Yeah, first of all, did you ever... I think we would have sat here... Doing one hundred and fifty podcasts—that's yeah. a lot of podcasts.
0: I mean, it started out with our Facebook Live in the middle of our COVID quarantine. That's right. I mean, that seems like a dream, right? I, there was a, a flashback
1: on Facebook that came up of uh, uh, something. I was like, wait, I remember that. We were talking about yeah. Okay, we yeah we had that little table uh, right in, the, out foyer. in the, middle of the foyer. Yeah,
0: yeah. I felt like I was Alice in Wonderland <laughs> that moment. It's like, <laughs> what are we doing? What is this? And this is what world? What country are we in? That was a that was a while
1: ago. That was our only contact to the. Real world, yeah. Uh, well, that was crazy. Changed quite uh, a
0: bit since then, yes. But yeah,
1: it's amazing though that the uh, the COVID situation forced everybody to either make a pivot or become irrelevant, and uh, and we decided, hey, we've got to we got to up our uh, online game and everything yeah. else, and why not use this as a chance? I remember it didn't really start off as a podcast; it really started yeah. off as just our way of just communicating. connecting with our congregation, yeah. keeping people up to speed, uh, kind of giving them more of a personal. Uh, feel with uh, with our folks, keeping them in the in the loop on what's yeah. all happening. But but that was great. I love how the Lord will take circumstances and, and actually turn them into something hopefully good hopefully this podcast has been good I appreciate everybody out there that watches and uh and I, there's not a week that goes by that I don't have somebody chatting with me at church or online or something uh making a comment yeah, that I, they watch and I listen. think a lot
0: of content we produce is stuff that you it's harder to disseminate in a sermon package yeah. right and it's it's a little bit more. Sophisticated, I would say, a little more complex, should we say it that way, yep. you know, than the general audience on Sunday morning. So this is—I thought this is a great avenue to deliver these very, very important concepts and idea that's really relevant to the world we are today.
1: You yep. know, no, you're right. You're right. And I think that's, again, just to get back to our goal and uh, the premise of this podcast has really been to take <clears throat> the beauty of truth and Jesus Christ, the the worldview that flows out of the lens of Scripture, and then try to apply that uh, as we can to what's going on in our culture without getting too bogged down uh, in the details. But really laying down some underlying, major cornerstone, building block kind of principles that uh, help us think and interact and and really live in the world and be faithful to, to live lives that bring glory to the Lord and that our blessing to people. And so, we've been in a series that I'm hoping you're enjoying as much as we are. Uh, we just we've been talking about this author. Uh, he really, uh, of course, the the book is called "The Book That Made Your World," uh, and uh, the author, coming from a different culture, he comes from a Hindu uh, Indian background. Uh, he is able to asked some questions that, that those of us in the west that come from a judeo-christian worldview we just assume as like the air in which we breathe right it's right. just the way things are but he he really asked some questions that that make us think like hey yeah how how did that get to be that way and i think you know last week we dealt with the um, the chapter on technology and today we're dealing with a chapter called heroism how did a defeated messiah conquer Rome. And, I, and as we chatted, really, he conquered more than Rome. Jesus, the, quote, defeated Messiah, conquered the world and really redefined how we value in the West, and in much of the world, for that matter, how we value what a hero is. Yeah. And he starts off, I'll just, I'll just wax eloquently here by quoting uh, Jonathan Swift, a wonderful heroic poet. He says, uh, whoever excels in what we prize... Appears a hero in our eyes, so you can be the literary critic. What is what is that fancy language? Mean? Yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know <laughs> it's old English, but
0: in essence, who, the hero of a generation is, is a mirror reflection of what they values. Right? It's a culmination of what that culture, what that society truly values.
1: Look to its heroes. So, if, in any culture, if you paused and said, went up to anybody on the street and said, "Who, who are the heroes of yeah. uh, America?" Uh, you would probably get a wide variety but there would be something in common in that uh, what that hero would be to that person would be either what that individual or what that culture collectively values puts puts value behind absolutely yeah and so let's just pause right here before we we get into a historical journey <laughs> I just want to look at American culture today like who do we who would you say we value what are the things who are the the people that come out uh, in terms of of you know, people that we're almost in a a postmodern, post-Christian, you know, society. Uh, although we're still hanging on in pockets to, to Christ and Christianity in the West, but. Who are some people that come to your mind or, or types well, of heroes the problem is you and i are <laughs> kind
0: of disconnected from pop culture <laughs> yeah. asking you and i is probably not uh we're not resembling the larger culture but i am assuming Yes, yeah. i'm not asking yeah. you for
1: your personal right personally my personal hero and your personal hero yeah would probably our, be white.
0: I, yeah it would be a little different from yeah. from the world from what american culture is but I, i'm guessing you know s- these uh, uh tiktok stars or some movie stars right. or beyonce or it's
1: interesting s- people that like that we value uh, fame yep. in many ways over substance you know like elon musk wealth fame yeah. power Wealth, beauty um yeah, yeah the, you know our our thing is a powerful platform being an influencer, influencer ha- having be- a voice L- looking good driving nice cars living in huge yeah. houses and it tends to be our our entertainment folks have become our heroes so either yeah. it's either uh uh hollywood set uh our our music entertainers our sports stars um not too much uh political stars not too much uh pastoral or clergy or religious uh heroes right um so not so much uh self-sacrificing heroes or, or people that are known for uh character um uh, or anything like that. It tends to be more superficial, uh, money, wealth, power, sex appeal, yep. um, some of those types of things that we tend to celebrate today. Yep. Um, but he asked a great question, and, and again, I love his ability to, to ask powerful questions that really stimulate thinking. He says, why do we expect and demand, quote, civilized nations to send troops only to liberate the oppressed, but not to exploit them, what has changed us, and I think this is such a good question for us in America to ask, uh, because America is unique, and we need to we need to get back to why we 're unique we We have the military power and the economic power to dominate um, other countries um, and it 's probably been more pronounced in in, in previous uh, decades you know than it is even now, but we still have the Economic, the military, the technological prowess—that if if we went into basically any nation we wanted to, with the exception of of maybe a couple with, that I could see would be a, pose a, a challenge—we um, could go in and dominate. We could take over the whole country. We we could make them a uh, a colony of the United States, or just brand them United States East, West, North, South, um, make them part of our uh, you know our our United States. We'd add a few. We could add a few large states or whatever, um, and the point would be, we could, you know, we have the power to take over. And why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we exploit them if they have something that we need? Why wouldn't we go take it? Um, and who would? Who is there to say that it's wrong? Mm-hmm. And why is it wrong? Because because we do just the opposite. We go in. Uh, we try to protect the underdog. We try to to uh, you know win a war that is a necessary war, a just war, to use uh, theological terms. And then we do something that uh, other nations would find unthinkable. We we invest our dollars and our resources to help rebuild a nation that we just defeated that might have been our enemy. And it's like, who in the world does that? Like, you look through history, nobody is going in... And uh, and defeating bad guys, so to speak, and then helping rebuild their nation with our at our own expense. No, we go win, and throughout the history, we go win, and we dominate, and we conquer, and we make you part of our kingdom.
0: Yeah, it's unheard of right now. It would be considered terrible if we colonize another nation, invade another nation, and and take their resources and enslave their people. But and we normalize that fact that we don't do that. But if you if you study history, I mean, look at mankind. That for thousands of years is the is the status quo for every nation. You're more powerful. You conquer. You colonize other nations. You take over. You know. You make them part of. Pay tribute to you. That is how the world worked for thousands and thousands of years. If
1: we beat you, we 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 dominate you. Then you become our servants. You know. The Roman Empire, the
0: Han Empire, the the Mongolian Empire. I mean, that's the nature of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: when you study world history, um, you see a lot of uh, ruthless military dictators who rise to power and who slaughter, rape, pillage, steal, uh, you know, large swaths of, of the planet and leave just a trail of carnage behind them. And, uh, and these are certainly celebrated in, in uh, military circles as great leaders, generals, strategists, et cetera. But when you look at what they actually did under today's value system, uh, it would be viewed as atrocities or genocide. Um, just just horrific. But, again, that was the world. And the point is not that we sit here. It's kind of like being an armchair quarterback, right? You, you, it's easy to, to watch the game and then go, oh, they should have passed on that third right. down. Well, that's easy when when the game's over. Yeah. We're sitting here going, oh, that was terrible. But it's like, no, it wasn't terrible in their day. I mean, I'm not talking about situational ethics. It was terrible. But I'm saying nobody viewed it as terrible right. because – uh, the world had not changed yet. And there's some radical things that happened in the world. We celebrated it just last, last Sunday involving Jesus Christ and the radical change that Christianity brought to the world. But let's talk a little bit about, for instance, the classical hero. How, how would you describe the class or who were some of the classical heroes and, uh, and what were they known for?
0: Yeah, I mean, you consider someone called Alexander the Great, yep. you know, the great conqueror.
1: Yeah, in the military circles, in military uh, schools, he has still studied his. He, he was literally undefeated as a military right. general, undefeated. His his empire spread all the way from Greece all the way down into India. Uh, and even into Egypt um, we're talking about a massive land mass of people that he conquered and he did all this in basically a decade this was a decade of his 20s right he, he died early yes I remember he, him dying early but again even his name the great Yep.
0: what does that symbolize yep you know again compare him to our current culture he would not be considered so great because he's just killing murdering right. taking over, taking land. over other lands of yeah. other peoples yep but he was seen as the icon you know Caesar uh, yeah. Caesar Augustus yeah. conquering, murdering people, killing his own senate and, and his own, you know, right. judges He's, and he knights. He killed
1: three hundred senators and two hundred knights, and uh, most of these folks even killed members in their own families. Basically, whoever stood in their path to to right. power was right. destroyed. Right. Uh, and so we've got the Greeks with Alexander, we got the Romans with Caesar Augustus, and it's interesting that the other big conquer who who really came after the failed um, uh, French Revolution, which was a bloodbath in and of itself, was Napoleon, mm-hmm. Napoleon Bonaparte, who his vision was to revive the Roman Empire. So his whole understanding of greatness and, and heroism was to be a leader of an entire empire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see, those are, those are three names everybody would know in, in history. They represent that classical hero, uh, who again was synonymous with... Uh, Power and might over a geographical region, so the the broader the region, the greater the military conquest, right. the greater you were as a right. hero right. uh, it 's interesting he talks about his own his own background in hinduism when he when he notices the the uh, gods and goddesses of uh, the Hindu pantheon of gods, almost all of them are armed with some type of natural weapon, weapon yeah. and so again, even in their pantheon of gods, it was associated with. Uh, Might and and military strength or or prowess Mm -hmm. Um, The Islamic heroes this is interesting because you know you look at Islam today and you look at a lot of the terrorists or radicals They're often seen as people who are very devout. So you have a combination of military prowess and radicalism willing to go out and and give your life right for the sake of of, uh, Islam Uh, but these people are also viewed as heroes in the eyes of the Muslim clerics. So in other words, under Islam, there's nothing wrong with going out and killing your enemies and, uh, and taking over and dominating, taking yeah. over land, as long as it's right. done in the name of Allah and, and Islam. that's actually celebrated. You're, if you die as a hero, if, you were, if you're the suicide bomber. So yeah. now, you a, now you have a blending of, uh, of, of religion with, with might and yeah. power. Uh, And that's and you have modern day Islam. So um, let's move to the different era. That's classical hero. Let's talk a little bit about the medieval hero, because this is another interesting combination and transformation. That was interesting reading about
0: that whole part. That's where the whole chivalry and the night and the night, the round table and honor and all that stuff look like. But you know, chivalry, what it means today is not what it meant back then. There's actually some very specific qualifications of chivalry. And a lot of that is bad. It's destructive. It's very
1: pride driven. It's very show-off driven, and it's still very uh, uh, women domineering, yep. uh, women as prizes kind yep. of thing. Yep. Uh, you're right; it's Shall not just killing your opponent, opening yeah. the door uh, as we would as a gentleman. There was certainly the gentlemanly aspects of it, but we have here a blending of personal bravery, physical strength, skill in the use of arms, and it's all kind of wrapped up in the term prowess. You know, you right. you have uh, military prowess uh, as a, as this. Uh, strong, brave, conquering, but you're doing it for a higher cause. You're doing it for nobility. You're doing it for chivalry. Yeah, for loyalty, generosity. You know, it,
0: um, yeah, it's 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 a like, even not that recently, dueling was a thing.
1: Yeah, in early
0: America, And right. that's kind of like a honorable thing. It's like it's like, right, like you, you and you I get in a fight. Instead of sitting down and like, hey, that's it out. It's like, let's, you go, know what? I let's forgive go have you. a duel. I forgive yeah. you. Would you forgive me? Yeah. Instead yeah, of doing that, that's just, all, let's go to the backyard. And you bring your gun, I'll bring my gun. And see yeah, who, we'll who see comes. Who, yeah. It's just interesting, you know.
1: Yeah. The, well, yeah. It was the whole idea of honor, pride, yeah. Yeah. especially men. We, we, I think we have a bigger, uh, bigger challenge there, maybe, yeah. than the yeah. ladies. Yeah. But anyway, I, I like yeah. to call this era the sanctified soldier, not sanctified in the in the good sense, but right. well, as you said, that the the church was so powerful, and the way they brought in these these knights and kind of, you know, te- tempered them was to say, hey, look, we want you to dedicate your prowess, your your chivalry. Right. Uh, to the Lord and to his service, so they would literally take their armor and lay it on the altar and, yeah. de- and dedicate themselves. Uh, and there were some powerful groups. There was the Order of the Knights Templar, for instance, who yeah. some of these groups, that they had noble causes in the sense that they were going to to fight an enemy. Um, at that time, it was Islam that was spreading all across Europe and that had taken over Jerusalem. So you, you read about the whole uh, cr- Crusades, which the, uh, the left likes to use as a... Uh, a battering ram to to beat up you know Christians, um, but I've heard someone say that the that the Crusades was basically uh, a a two hundred year delayed response um, from the West and from Christendom. Not that I'm justifying it, but but it, there was so much Muslim aggression all through Europe and the Middle East that was finally the response. And again, there's there's equal. Uh, harm it's, done it's very and wi- messy wickedness very done messy, yeah, yeah in the, in the name right. in the name of Jesus right. and as the author points out, the reason that Christian quote Christian chivalry did not survive was that it 's not biblical there's yeah. not really a biblical precedent for for baptizing military prowess and might with uh, the gospel right. and use, in other words, using force to convert people or using right. force to destroy, you know, your enemies. Right. Um, and so we move from the medieval hero so to that was a little
0: compromise period yeah. was the church tried to Yeah, it was a blending blending of of this classical uh, heroism to like, hey, you know what, we're not going to take away it completely, but now we're going to sanctify a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Uh, try, try to gospelize it. Yeah, uh, right. Temper it. And then we get into the modern hero. And this is interesting because a lot of this, uh, what we see is men throughout history and women, uh, but he lists several of the men here. Uh, for instance, John Wycliffe, Martin Luther, uh, John Huss. Uh, some of these folks were burned at the stake. Yeah, tindo. Uh, yeah, yeah, William Tyndale. I mean, they, these are these I are that, m- yeah. men who, um, for the sake of conscious conscience, yeah, like you know, I think of Luther uh, when he stood before his accusers and basically said, you know, I'm a I'm I'm a prisoner of my own conscience. Yeah, I'm not. I cannot deny what I know in my heart to be true, uh, and based on his study of the scriptures. So we see something in, uh, injected here that is absolutely new. You see the hero is the person who stands in the face of all the opposition, all the power right. brokers, right. like in that case it was a, a compromised wicked church, and they're saying, look, we must do what we're doing, uh, and if you need to kill us, uh, then do so, but we're not going to, we're not going to compromise our conscience. Mm. And so you see somebody that's saying, hey, it's not about power, because many of them were offered, hey, if you'll just recant, right? right. If you'll just recant... Then we'll give you X, Y, and Z, and you can live a great life, and you know we'll live happily ever after. In fact, some of them, I'm sure, were even bribed because of the power that they had simply by the audience that they were gathering. Because truth is compelling, and I think you know the, when we saw the Bible, for instance, by Wycliffe and, and William Tyndale and and Jan Hus or John Huss, when it was. Translated into the language of the people, it was that was an act of empowering because now people could read the scriptures with their own eyes and yeah. they could they could say, Wait a minute, like
0: there's no indulgences in here, exactly you don't pay money to get your sins absolved, that doesn't or to work. get your
1: relative out of purgatory, yeah. uh, and it was all a money making scam. And so, when people started reading the Bible, and especially Luther, you know, when he put those 95 theses, nailed them to the door. Uh, He was saying, hey, wait a minute, we need to go back and have some discussions about these 95 points, because as I read the Bible, uh, and as the Bible was being put in the hands of the people, uh, again, Luther with the first German translation of the Bible, um, all of a sudden it liberated people, and they started saying, wait a minute, we're being uh, oppressed in the name of Christ, Mm -hmm. and we don't like it. And so the power went to the person who was standing up for what was true. And this is the first time when we see... uh, Truth become an element of what makes somebody a hero. Yeah. Uh, so the person who's willing at that point to stand for truth in the face of all kinds of opposition, including um, death. Uh, you know, so so I look at, for instance, at some of the movies that I love the most, mm-hmm. the movies that, that appeal to me. And now you and I have had these discussions about some of the, the modern superheroes, which are really fictitious heroes. I prefer... A real hero, like a flesh and blood hero. So um, when you look at the movie Braveheart, for instance, right, which is every testosterone-driven guy's chest-slumping movie that we all, right. we, we all love. But you look at him when he's being tortured, that scene where he's tortured, and he, he yells freedom, right? And you're just like, Ahh! uh But you realize that's a, that is a real person in real history who... Who really died, and, and who died in a horrific way, and whose whose death spawned a, a revolution, right? right. Uh, or I love the movie um, Patriot, which is based off an actual historical figure, um, because he's he he stands for his family, he stands for freedom, he's an unwilling hero, he doesn't he doesn't want to, you know, get into war. He hates war. He knows what war did. He knows what war did to him. He's got a he's got a jaded past, right? Mm. Um, and And yet he rises to the occasion and rallies you know a nation uh, and now we have America because of of men like that, you know I, and, but he did it because of what he believed was true, and he was willing to lay his life down and die for what was true yeah. um and of course where where did the, where did all that come from? and I, the author's point of this chapter is the Messiah Jesus Christ, the one who we just celebrated. Uh, this last weekend, who rose from the grave. But here you have a a man who was king of all kings, lord of all lords. He had the power, even on the cross, uh, to call 10,000 angels to deliver him. He had a mighty army, a supernatural army. Mm-hmm. So you have the one with the most power, the most authority, and yet he lays his life down to be a ransom for... Uh, for humanity. And this this is this is why the Bible says I got a couple passages of scripture here in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 verse 23 when we uh, Paul says when we preach that Christ was crucified in other words the Messiah the hero is crucified the Jews get offended by that and the Gentiles say it's nonsense. Uh, this it, that that one verse kind of captures their understanding of the hero. Mm-hmm. The Messiah has to be all-powerful. He needs to be the liberator. He's not that weak guy that they just nailed to a cross, which with, you know, and as we pointed out, in that culture, Jesus wasn't the first person crucified. You know, a person that was crucified was a criminal, and and criminals were crucified all the time. So it wasn't even a unique crucifixion. It was just a run-of-the-mill crucifixion of a normal criminal, you know, in the eyes of the people. And yet, here, absolute power is nailed to a cross willingly. In other words, he laid down his power for that to happen. I, I want to remind people, he wasn't the only
0: so-called Messiah to be crucified. There's a bunch of people who claim to be a Messiah that's a great who's point. been crucified. Yeah, that's a great point. So he wasn't the only claim. Something set Jesus apart, you know, and something about Jesus changed the history of the world, his, the, the cultural history of the world, to the point in which we now define... Well, I wouldn't say modern America today, but for a long time, for a few hundred years at least, we have redefined the hero as a servant of the people. Right? Jesus says, "Like the world rules, the world leader rule upon you, but not so with you. Whoever wants to be first must be last." Right. So, a servant leader—that whole idea of servant—he mentioned the word prime minister, the idea of the prime minister. Right. Yeah. When India had their first prime minister, chief servant, the the, the Indian, the Indian first prime minister was, you know. Educated in, in England, which yeah. at that point England has been very Christianized, and he says, I'm the first servant. Yes, which was what which is prime
1: minister prime means. Prime
0: minister means. It's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, you, are, you are a martyr. You stand for truth and not for
1: power. You know, that's and a revolutionary. Even our, even our military uh, uh, figures, they were, they were men who were willing to sacrifice their lives or who did sacrifice their lives. They're, they're the ones who jumped on the grenade and saved the whole battalion. They're yeah. the ones who. Uh, fought the air battles uh, uh, and shot down a bunch of enemy planes and saved the the carrier or they're the ones who came like during uh, the world War two and, uh, and rescued all the the soldiers with their own private boats right and took them across the channel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we read about George Washington on Christmas morning uh, crossing Valley Forge and a surprise attack. you know these are the, these are the folks that we read about in our history books um but it's always tied to, to what you said love service and sacrifice and those are three words that were not part of you know the medieval hero and they weren't part of the classical hero it was all about blood and slaughter and power and might makes right yeah. and uh and it was just an ugly time to be alive but that's that's what
0: they truly celebrate <clears throat> now we look back and say yeah you know what that's all that's all kind of we we'll put that in context but within their world can you imagine living in a world in which that like if you're a bully you are celebrated because you're here. the biggest and baddest guy in and town. I,
1: and if you're the bully, I want to make sure you, I'm not crossing you, so I'm going to come and celebrate you for yep. your... I'm going to do whatever it takes to bow to you, honor you, because if you're bigger and stronger than I am,
0: well, I... Man, meanwhile, I'm trying to so <laughs> connive in the background so I can become the next biggest bully. I mean, you're basically the mob. I mean, that's... The, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. i never lived, but based on what I've heard... That, <laughs> you, yeah, you have yeah. no personal yeah, I have experience. have no personal experience. But basically, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the mafia mentality. It's like you're always looking for someone to get you because it's possible power-driven, right? Yes. That's a horrible
1: place to live. Yes. So Jesus, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So Jesus comes on the scene, and, and look at what he says. Think about how radical this verse is in light of the culture in which he lived. I mean, yeah. this is the Caesars and all those people. Yeah. Jesus comes along, and this is in uh, Mark chapter 10. He says, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about, right? Officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it's going to be different, Jesus says. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. So this is, I mean, we read that and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the most radical Yeah. You know, out of the box, like, what are you talking about? I bet the, I bet his disciples, when they first heard that, were just staring at him because all that, the world in which they lived in was nothing but, but dictators and power-hungry tyrants and slaughtering even your own family. I mean, some of these folks killed their own mother to take over, you know, their yeah. own brothers and sisters. Uh, I mean, this was a wicked, diabolical, hellish world. And Jesus comes and says, if you want to be great, Become the slave, you know. If you want to, if you want to uh, uh, be powerful and be a leader, then lay your life down and love other people and serve other Watch people. Wash other people's wash feet. Wash other people. Yeah, wash their feet. Are Here, here you have the most powerful being in the whole universe washing stinky feet. I mean, are you kidding me? And ultimately, again, does not compute. Ultimately, allowing himself to be nailed to a cross, beaten beyond recognition, and and to die. Uh, naked and alone, suspended between heaven and earth. That's that's uh good Friday and, and the and the whole weekend we just celebrated, only to be resurrected with power and glory. And I love what the Bible says about Jesus because he was willing to lay down his life and and to put aside his his godly attributes and become a human being and to suffer and to die. Now, Philippians 2 says God has exalted him above every name that has been given. So the, the greatest hero of all time and for all eternity will be the one who had the most power, but who used it uh, for, in a sacrificial way for the liberation and the blessing and the freedom Amen. of the most people. And I love, uh, I love what uh, the author says. He says, now heroism involves a surrender to God that authorizes God to sacrifice you for the benefit of others. No, I had to laugh when I when I saw that. You know, we surrender to God, and then our surrender to God authorizes God to use us as sacrifices in the service of other people. Um, uh, and that that really is the gospel in a nutshell. It's love. You know, Jesus even said, "Love your enemies." That's what that that is to answer the question that we started with: Why would we go into a hostile country that was dedicated to our destruction? Right. I think of like Japan. Yeah. Uh, why would we go to Japan and spend, you know, billions of dollars to pour into their nation to rebuild their nation when they were committed to the destruction of the United States and all, and all of our people and everything that we stand for? Um, That idea only comes from people who have Jesus and I think it was MacArthur who was talking about during the rebuilding about sending missionaries Because these people need a moral infrastructure. They need a worldview uh, Send missionaries. So here you have a general uh, Of a conquered land who is seeking to rebuild but to seek to rebuild with a godly Christ-centered foundation that will be a blessing to those people Um, Again, that comes from the Christian worldview, comes from nowhere else. And I find it interesting Now we got a lot of people on the left who are talking about, oh, stay out of these countries and colonialism, blah, 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 blah. Again, we th- we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater because we talked about even, in his- even he would admit in his own country— that Western influence brought a lot of blessing. It also brought a lot of... Wicked people bring a lot of uh, greed and uh, oppression and everything else, exploitation. Um, But the point being, we have all these leftists now who use Christian morality to attack Christianity. Uh, It's their own version of it. But uh, they're using the worldview that they're living in that they owe to Jesus to reject Jesus, to right. reject the West, to reject all of our values, uh, and they almost t- try to claim a superior moral high ground uh, with all the virtue signaling that's going yeah, on. Without felt the
0: infrastructure of acknowledging Jesus is yeah. the foundation of that uh, servant leader, that, that original martyr. You know? uh,
1: I mean, No, it's y- a good point. So it's, yeah, it's easy to, to, uh, to attack everything, but the very infrastructure you're using was created by Jesus and by the gospel and by Western Civ in general. Which they're now trying to distance themselves from.
0: And, and the world we have today is we have a semblance of this like, yeah, we want to serve the people. We're doing for the people. We're doing for democracy. But it's all superficial. Embedded in that is, is not an allegiance to truth. Right. I, I embedded in this is a allegiance to power. I yeah. mean, you and I were just talking about, you know, even right now, what's going on with the indictment of Donald Trump. Well, like or hate him. I mean, both the left and the right can agree this is a trumped-up charge. The, these charges are... This is are, politically based,
1: a, and yeah. the power is the motive.
0: It's the ultimate power play. It's not truth-based, it's power play. Now, you can put all kind of... Uh, you know, make up all over and say all these different things, at the heart of this, this is the political power play. And the root of that is a worship of power and not a worship of truth. Right. They were back in the days in which doesn't matter if you're left and right, truth prevails. It means I don't like you politically, I disagree, with you. I don't want you to become president, but I'm gonna defend you because truth is more important but than power. Think right?
1: about what the, think about the rule of law for instance. Yeah. If the rule of law is not rooted in truth then you could care less about the law. All you care about is that you maintain power or that you win an election. You know, yep. you, you don't care that you you lie, cheat, steal, do whatever. It That's takes, just yeah. what you do. Whatever it takes. And even and when you're attacking your opponent with political ads or whatever, it doesn't matter that the ad is fundamentally untrue. Uh, you're not going to pay any price for that during an election campaign. You can lie about your opponent all you want because they're a, a political person, right? They're a public figure, and the laws are different for situations like that. So if you have to come out with an attack, ad, and my goal is to destroy you, even right. though it, even though it's not true, it's already had its intended effect. Before yep. the, the truth can be cleared up, right. you already lose the election. Right. So it becomes really ugly, 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 and, and power, raw power by itself is just as hell. Right. And,
0: and, and just even reading this chapter, what I see in America right now you know, is, is that we are absolutely going back the same path of worshiping Alexander the Great, worshiping your Caesars. We're going down that same pathway again. And this is where Christians have to be careful not to fall into the allure of power and riches and prestige and, and and the wrong hero, you gotta remember what original hero. I mean, even the church, I mean, even the mega church era in which there's a worship of the mega church pastors, yep. the wealth, the influence and the power and all that stuff, and, and the wealthy businessmen and all that stuff. I mean, that's, there is a popular lore to all those things. That's why for thousands of years, human beings followed that. Yep. And we who are followers of Christ needs to be in the middle of that whirlwind to say, well, who's our hero again? What's our yeah. what's our mo? How are we all to operate again? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's so a gut sa- check.
1: So sacrificial love, rooted in truth, for the well being and blessing. Of my neighbor, of other people, yeah. that is Jesus' redefinition of heroism, and and I think we can both say he is our hero with yeah. a capital H, yeah. not a little h. He's not, he's in a doesn't compare to anyone ever, uh, but that's that's he tells us now: take up your cross, follow me. Isn't that interesting? Take take up yeah. the very thing that that was the instrument of my sacrificial death. Take that upon yourself and live the same way. Give your life away. No one would do this if we did not believe in the resurrection from the dead and if we did not believe that eternity is coming and that God is just and that forever is a really, really long time. So why would we live a life that way of self-sacrifice now? Because now is a whisper compared to what's coming. It's a vapor. It's a breath compared to what's coming. Without eternity, none of this makes sense. But but with e- with eternity in mind, it, 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 it's it's a, a small thing to lay your life down uh, for the cause of others.
0: I would say one of the most, comp- I mean, after reading this book, and I didn't have this realization before, one of the, the most compelling reason to believe in who Christ is, the gospel, the scripture, there's a lot of things that I think philosophers who are, I don't even know they're Christians, like people like Jordan Peterson has really started to see, which is this the the notions the idea that Christ has introduced to the world has produced the most prosperous, most yeah. uh, paradise like. I mean, not 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 heaven, but the most prosperous, a uh, uh, livable, happiest place existing, a civilization that honors, you know, those who serve, compared to the hellish world that the world was mired in. Like, yeah. can you need, do you need any more evidence of? of what God's trying to bring to it, that this is a message from God that yeah. brought such prosperity to the Western world. Yeah. But we are in the age in which we take all that for granted. Yeah. And we, we we spit on it, we trample it, and we dismiss it, and not realizing we are this close to falling back into the hell, hellish world we used to be in. Yeah.
1: No, it's well said. And I, I think that's why, again, it's a, it's a justification of why we've done 150 of these podcasts. Yeah. That's really what we're trying to do is, is recapture, recover, restore. Um, truth that's been lost. Connect some dots for folks in our culture today to say, "Hey, what we have is amazing. It's not perfect. It didn't get here by accident. It got no. here because of the gospel. It got here because of the, the Bible. It got here because of Jesus and the church." Uh, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Let, let's think before we kick over fences that were established for a reason. Right. Um, let's let's look at the fruit of, of what's happening in America today, and it's it's not too late to return to our roots. It's never too.
0: I mean God did all of this. Yeah.
1: Jesus did all
0: of this. It's not Luther did not have any military power. Exactly. Right? exactly. Luther, I mean, was one man standing against an empire, yeah. you know, a king. Yep. But that's you know, the
1: power of truth, though. Yeah. That's the power of uh, truth. And that's what we gotta stand on. Yeah. So, so hey, amen. thanks for watching today. This was a history-making moment for us. Thanks for sharing it. And uh, we'll look forward to episode 151 by the grace of God next week. Thanks so much for being a part of our ride.